0: blessing to be here tonight. Thank you again, Pastor. Uh, I thought tonight we would uh, practice prayer. (laughs) And uh, we're going to preach about it or teach about it and and practice it. But you've been on this uh, tremendous emphasis for a long, long time. Yeah, it's hot. And uh, you've been on this emphasis here this year on prayer. So tonight, I'm going to cover some things that I uh, hope it will be a help and a blessing and be very practical uh, for all of us in the days to come. Uh, every environment you enter has a protocol. Every environment you enter has a protocol. If you're going to meet the Queen of England, you have to do certain things. There's a procedure. There's a modus operandi. There is a, a proper uh, pri- pro- priority, a code of behavior. Uh, every, revi- every environment you enter requires a protocol. Now, the way you would greet a fisherman on the riverbank, on the New River, would be different than how you would uh, approach the President of the United States. At least I hope so, okay? There's a protocol. Every environment you enter uh, requires a protocol. So, there's a protocol in the Bible for approaching God. How do we enter the presence of God? How do we approach God? And I want to give you some laws of protocol. Now, uh, this evening, I think we have this on the screen. Thanks so much. Let's, um, let's see. Bingo. All right, number one is the gratitude protocol. The gratitude protocol. Now, Psalm 100 gives us uh, at least four, three or four of these protocols. And this one is in Psalm 100 in verse 4. So let's read it out loud together as a congregation. I uh, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Read that one more time. So your initial approach toward heaven has to be with gratitude. Now the gates are the doors. It's the entryway, it's the threshold. So you come before the Lord with thanksgiving and adoration. Now, somebody said you can take things for granted or you can take things with gratitude, but you can't take them both ways. So we need to take everything in the presence of God with gratitude. Don't get so busy adding up your troubles that you forget to count your blessings. Psalm 116, I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving. God gives and God forgives. And I want to tell you, when God gives you something, you ought to thank him. When God forgives you for something, you should thank him. And, you know, if you're not feeling particularly grateful, all you've got to do is consider your present position in light of your former condition, and that'll give you plenty of material to thank God about. I mean, how many, did, how many did not grow up in a Christian home? Lift, lift your hands. How many, how many have committed some sins uh, before you come to the Lord? How many have committed some sins after you come to the Lord? Now, now what we're talking about here is, uh, Brother, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Consider your present position in light of your former condition. Now, you ought to not only thank God for the uh, sins that uh, uh, you, 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 you um, committed that he forgave you. You ought to thank God for the sins that you didn't commit. Because what you've done might have been bad enough, but you could have done a whole lot worse. And thank God for the restraining hand of God. Sometimes we ought to go into quarantines of Thanksgiving. I had a fellow one time say to me, Harold, I want you to go for three days and not ask God for anything. I said, what? I said, you don't want me to pray for three days. He said, oh no, I want you to pray. I just don't want you to ask. I only want you to thank God for every good thing you can think of for the next three days. I thought, all right, I'll give this a try. So I had to readjust my 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 uh, my uh, daily prayer, which is always good, always good. So I began to thank God for blessings. Then I got to where I was thanking God for problems and opportunities. Then I was thanking God for conviction. Then I was thanking God for temptation. And I'll tell you what, if you thank God for your blessings and your problems, you'll never run out of material to talk to God about. It. I'm just telling you. And you enter into his gates with Thanksgiving, and after three days of only thanking, you said, Well, what if you need some? Well, thank God for Lord in advance. <laughs> just 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 go ahead. Lord, Lord, thank you for supplying that job. God thank you for supplying this situation. God, thank you. And put it like that. And after three days of that kind of praying, uh, you'll be a whole lot happier. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. Thanksgiving is always in season. Thanksgiving is always in season. <laughs> you know, you know, <laughs> Sometimes uh, in, in life, you run into snares and problems and drama and trauma and problems and so on and so forth, and you get so burdened and you get so weighted down, you can barely even uh, lift your head toward heaven. And I want to tell you, when you don't know what to pray, I'll give you a little tip. I found this out. When you don't know what to pray and you don't know how to pray and you're buffaloed and you're, 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 you're just burdened and uh, you're, 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 you're overwhelmed, I'll tell you how you can pray. You can pray like this right here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I live out in the country. When you live out in the country, you got more liberty than you do when you live in the city. Amen? And one of the things you can do is uh, get out in the uh, driveway, brother. It's just you and the deer and the turkey and the Lord, and thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, and I'll tell you, you try, you try that for about 10 minutes, and uh, brother, uh, things are going to look a whole lot better than they did before. Why wow, you're entering into his gates with thanksgiving. God likes to be appreciated. He loves to be appreciated. He loves to have his children express gratitude. He loves for us to say thank you to him. And I want to tell you, somebody said um, <coughs> gratitude to God can make even a temporal blessing a taste of heaven. It's the gratitude protocol. Neil Strait said, he who forgets the language of gratitude can never be on speaking terms with happiness. He who forgets the language of gratitude can never be on speaking terms with happiness. Have you noticed how that unthankful people are not happy people? Have you noticed that? But have you noticed how that thankful people are happy people? It affects their outlook. It affects their temperament. It affects their faith. And it's the gratitude protocol. So let's let's practice the gratitude protocol. Stand to your feet for a moment tonight. Let's go for about 90 seconds, and here's what I want you to do. I want you to thank God for everything you can think of. I want you to thank God for every blessing you've got. And if you can't think of nothing, just go with the thank you Jesus thing, all right? And if you've got problems, just, you you know, you're really getting in the victory room, and you can say, Lord, I don't like this, but God, thank you for the opportunity to grow in grace, and just count it like that. So let's let's pray out. Let's pray out tonight, giving God thanks. Ninety seconds worth of gratitude. You start praying. You can pray out loud to be okay. I know this is Baptist church, but we're gonna do it anyhow, all right? Just thank the Lord, all right? Thank you, Jesus, for every good perfect. thankful for your presence, we're thankful for your provision, we're thankful for your promises, we're thankful for the privilege of prayer. What an honor to get to talk to God and get an audience with thee. Lord, teach us this protocol of gratitude to always enter the gates with thanksgiving. Thank you for this church and these dear people, and God, thank you for meeting with us tonight. Thank you for talking to us as we continue on in Jesus' name. All God's people, say it. You can be seated. All right, the gratitude protocol. Now, here's another one. This one's found in Psalm chapter 24. I'm calling it the cleansing protocol or the clean protocol. So let's read this scripture out loud. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart. Look at that. Clean hands and a pure heart. The word clean means innocent. It means spotless, guiltless. The Bible says, be diligent that you may be found in peace without spot and blameless. Um, Tozer said, when God declares a man righteous, when God declares a man righteous, he instantly sets about to make him righteous. The cleansing protocol. Now, clean hands, that's talking about actions. Clean hands, that's talking about deeds. A pure heart, that's talking about motives. That's talking about the inside attitudes. So we need clean hands, clean behavior, clean, 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 clean deeds before God and a pure heart. Now, the Bible doesn't say, um, uh, it doesn't say cleaner, but clean, clean. Now, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. So we're not talking about improvement. We're talking about clean. We're not even talking about sanitized. We're not even talking about spiritual Lysol, man. We're talking about spotless. I grew up in Southside, Virginia. Now, you're kind of up here in the hills. Anybody grow up uh, raising tobacco? Anybody other than me grow up raising tobacco? Yes, we have two unfortunate souls out there. And uh, yeah, we grew up with that stuff. And, and you know, you know, we had the bright tobacco, which means you had to incrementally pick the leaves off from the bottom toward the top. And uh, when it's was about 100 degrees in Southside, Virginia... And the humidity was 98. And uh, we'd be out there picking these leaves. And what we do is you bend over, you got to have a good back. And you grab the leaves, break them off, put them on your arm, go down the row like this right here, and uh, then you go put them in the uh, container to take to the barn, to string them up and put them in the barn for curing. Well, tobacco leaves have tar, nicotine. And the tar is just as black, as your pavement back here, all right? It, it's it's literally tar. That's why when you inhale those carcinogens, man, it's like inhaling uh, off of an asphalt truck. It, it's just it's tar, and and after it would dry off. Now we didn't have enough sense to wear uh, long sleeve shirts, so we wore short sleeve shirts, and of course after about ten or twelve hours, uh, the tars would build up on the hair on our arms. And it would get like, like uh, an eighth of an inch thick. And I'm talking about thick. So after we worked all day long, it was a mad dash to the shower, then we would pull out the lava soap with pumice, you know, and then would scrub. Not only that, we had to pull out a scrub net. And we would scrub and scrub and scrub and scrub. And it would take about 40 minutes to dislodge all of that tar off, and even after we got the tar off, we still had yellow nicotine stains, it looked like jaundiced children, it looked like an advertisement for the St. Jude's uh, Hospital or something, but uh, but I'm just telling you, after 40 minutes of uh, cl- getting clean, <laughs> it sure felt good to get clean, and I want to say tonight, it's, it sure feels good to be clean in the presence of God, that's why the Bible says, having our conscience cleansed. From an evil, having our hearts cleansed from an evil conscience. Now he bore our sin that we might have his righteousness. He took our guilt that we might have his grace. He took our shame that we might have his smile. He took our punishment that we might have his pardon. He took his, our death that he might we might have his life. And he he took our punishment that we might have his peace. The blood of Jesus cleanses from all unrighteousness. Now. Unhappily, our crowd came up with something that has set us back, and we ain't got over it yet. We come up with some stuff. We come up with a lot of good stuff, but some of it was not good. <laughs> One of the worst things that ever happened was when the evangelist gets up and talks about being called into full-time Christian service. I have an announcement. Everybody that's born again is in full-time Christian service. Now, you might not get paid for it. That's vocational Christian service. And then right along that same line is that when I got into the kingdom, uh, there was a great, great effort to try to get people to promise God that he's going to do better. And we, if we messed up, then we would have to come forward and rededicate our lives. How many of you ever heard that phrase right there? Rededicate our lives. Now, the truth of the matter was, uh, rededication was a smokescreen uh, to get out of repentance. Because if you go back on your dedication, you don't need to rededicate. You don't need to re-up. You need to repent of where you went back in the first place so you could save face by promising God you're going to do better. You're going to read more. You're going to try harder. You're going you're to you're you're memorize more. You're going to whatever, you know, and, and, and this whole kind of an idea. But I'm going to tell you, in all of that that, uh, Catholic, uh, Protestant uh, garbage, uh, what what was lost sight of was the power of the blood of Jesus. I think we lost sight of the power of the blood of Jesus. Because what I need is not another attempt to get it right. (laughs) What I need is not another go. Or what I need is a cleansing. And brother, you get that through the blood of Jesus. And what of the light of God reveals, I'm telling you, the blood of Christ can heal. Now, you say, how do you get clean? You get clean by coming clean. They ain't no other way to do this. You get clean by coming clean. Confession is not for God. He already knew what was going to happen before we ever showed up. So the whole idea is for us to take responsibility. Take, by the way, how many think a little personal responsibility wouldn't hurt in the United States for, for a change here? We're not. We're paying forty-one thousand dollars a year for our affordable health care premiums for three people in our ministry. Now let me just say something to you. That, that 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 whole idea that that we're not. And by the way, that ain't nothing but a but a that, that's a that's a. That's a get-even ploy. That's all, the usher in a, a nationalized health. If you think nationalized health care is great, go to Canada and try to get way on. Just Just head on up there. Head on over to England. Head on over to some of these places. See how you make out. But uh, what I'm saying is this. Uh, we are responsible as citizens, uh, and I believe that we are responsible to provide for our own. I believe that with all of my heart. And, and, and a little spiritual responsibility wouldn't hurt. Now they tell us, well... Uh, it's not your choice whether you're going to be saved or not. It's uh, you're elect, and if you're elect, you're going to get zapped, and if you're not, you're not. And I want to tell you the worst thing that is ever there's this fatalistic attitude that we're entitled to something. Uh, but the fact of the matter is we're responsible before God. And I'm here to tell you we're responsible to get clean. Now, what, what are you talking about? If we confess our sins, plural, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, what does that mean? Uh, to confess means to agree with God, which means, Lord, you're right, I'm wrong. <laughs> That's what that means. Lord, you're right, I'm wrong. I was, the other day, other day, I was going to um, Winston-Salem. We have a dated GPS, and my GPS is stupid. And, uh, and it took me to the wrong place. So here I am. Uh, on prednisone, borderline flesh to start with, and then throw that on top of it, and and, and, and then I yelled at my GPS. Now, I'd rather yell at the GPS than yell at a person, but how many know the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God? So, Lord, you're right. I'm wrong. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, Lord. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> that was sin. Now, l- listen, listen. When it comes to confessing your sin, you only confess one sin one time because if you double confess you really didn't think you believe that God forgave you the first time even though he said if we confess it he would forgive us now uh, never confess the same sin twice never confess the same sin twice now once you confess a sin immediately begin to thank God for, for his forgiveness you say well I don't feel uh, I still feel dirty if your heart condemns you, God's greater than your heart. At some point, we're going to have to get out of our goosebump theology and live out of our will. That was really good right there. And um, you say, "Well, how do you get clean?" <laughs> well, uh, admit it, quit it, forget it. it. It just just own up to the thing. The cleansing protocol. God, my attitude wasn't all right. Lord, I lost my patience. God, I've been worried. Lord, I've been upset, uh, whatever, and uh, launch right into the law, these other laws, thanking and praising the Lord. So, tonight, who will ascend in the hill of the Lord? Who's going to come into the presence of God? I'll tell you who, the person who has clean hands and a pure heart. It's the cleansing protocol. Now, nothing you're going to tell Jesus is going to shock him or surprise him because he already bore the shock and the brunt of that guilt on the cross when he died in our place. So you've got nothing that's going to tell him that's going to alarm him. (laughs) He already got alarmed when he absorbed that on the cross and paid the penalty for that rotten sin. Isn't it a blessing we have a Savior that can identify with us in our weaknesses and he, he absorbed our liabilities and our transgressions and he satisfied the holy wrath of God. Isn't that amazing? So tonight, the cleansing protocol. So maybe you snuck in here tonight and there's something clouding your conscience. There's something that's still not real clear in your heart. You're not really open and, 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 and at peace with God. Well, right now, let's just admit it. Lord, I've thought this. Lord, I've done this. Lord, I've said this. I agree with you. It's wrong. Father, thank you for forgiving me. The cleansing protocol. You do this every day. I'm just telling you, it'll help you. So let's think about a few few moments here, let's bow our heads before the Lord, and you just t- talk to the Lord, correspond with God individually, privately, personally, about whatever you need a cleansing from. Just talk to Jesus for a few moments Get right over into thanksgiving after you confess your sin. Just launch right into thanksgiving and praise. (laughs) (laughs) Our Father, we're thankful that there's forgiveness with you that you might be feared. Father, thank you that when we confess our sins, you're faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse from all unrighteousness. Father, thank you for clean hands, a pure heart through the blood. Father, thank you for a perfect standing in Christ. Thank you, Lord, for the righteousness of Jesus being imparted and imputed unto us. Lord, we're thankful for the blood of Jesus that remedied our sin problems. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, the cleansing, clean protocol. Notice number three, what I'm calling the praise protocol. How do you approach the Lord? Pray. Why do we sing songs every time we come to church? Every time I go to church, they're all, up, all the time up there singing. How come? How come, Brother Ethan? Because you enter into his gates with thanksgiving, but you come into his courts with praise. Read this verse out loud. Enter into his courts with praise. Read it again. Enter what is this talking about? It's talking about laud <clears throat> and honor. It's talking about paying tribute, <clears throat> giving acclaim. It's talking about glorifying God. The Bible says in Psalm 47, Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto the Lord with the voice of triumph. Now, the Psalms are just songs. That's what psalms, a psalm is. It's a song. So there's these songs of praise. Somebody said, if a word of discouragement opens the door for the enemy, then a word of praise closes it and locks it. The praise protocol. Heaven's all about praise. Man, don't get hung up on trying to figure out who the Antichrist is, because you don't know, and they don't either. (laughs) Just get over in Revelation and, and read where the Lamb is in the midst of the throne, and they're singing the song of the lamb and hallelujah and glory and praise and they're falling off their thrones and praising god I, i'm just telling you heaven is a happy place brother i'm just i'm just i told somebody the other day i said some of y'all are gonna have a heart attack when you get to heaven uh, other than the fact it'd be impossible to have a heart attack when you get to heaven <laughs> but the atmosphere of heaven ought to be on earth and that's why every uh worship service is choir practice for heaven man uh we, we just uh, down here uh What are we doing? Are we getting ready for the ancient shindig, which is yet to come? Now, John the Baptist, remember this this guy, full of the Holy Ghost from the womb? Wow. I mean, never a greater born among women, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, you know, this guy. And uh, he was filled with the Holy Spirit before he was born. I don't don't know how that works, but that's what it says. So here he is in Elizabeth's womb, and, and all of a sudden, here comes Mary with the Son of God in her womb, and when John the Baptist got into the presence of deity, when he was full of the Holy Spirit, and he got in the presence of the Son of God, he was leaping in there, buddy. He was kicking around, having a little spell going on in there. And uh, that's what the Bible says. Now, I know that some people are so afraid of all emotion in the house of God that we want to be dignified, and we wind up being petrified. <laughs> and I just want to say this, we're not British. We're Baptists, amen. <laughs> and some people need to lighten up a little bit right here. But uh, anyhow, the, the, the thing of it is right here, that uh, praise is faith set to music. That's why in a revival atmosphere, it's unbridled praise, brother. you get, you getting the move of God, it's on. I, I'm, when the cow gets out of the barn and the bees start swarming, brother, you're just gonna get happy and you just can't hardly help it. That's why I love to get in these revival atmospheres. I just love it. I just I love the prayer advance. That's one thing I love about the prayer advance is man, you get in there and get your heart all clean and you get to feeling and thinking and understanding and comprehending what you're singing about and good night that thing gets on and gets real in your heart and, and, and you know praise is just faith set to music. You know you know if um when you get in that kind of a place, you can't hardly help but uh, praise the Lord. And I'm just telling you that uh, David uh, got so excited one time, he, uh, he was dancing before the Lord. Now, I'm not recommending that uh, that would be the Pastor Wells to do a, a square dance around the auditorium or anything like that. But, uh, I, but I, I will say this, if you never get so full you can't stand it, <laughs> you need to get full of the right thing. When you're full of the Spirit, you're going to enjoy yourself every now and then. I have a sunroom in my house. Boy, I love the sunroom. Boy, I hate dark rooms. Amen? I'm thinking about just getting rid of the house and building a giant sunroom. (laughs) But I get in my recliner out there, and I crank up the music that blesses my heart in the presence of God. And I'll just tell you what. I listen to stuff before I come over here tonight. Praise the Lord! I put you on. I, I put you on some good Church of God choirs if you want to hear them. I am just telling you, I, I can put you on to some stuff here that uh, might just float your boat, might just do something for you, might just lift your heart in the presence of God. And I am telling you, there is something right about praise. Now, you ever wonder about these sports people who get all excited? You know, you know, they got the flags coming out of the window on game day. You know. It's- they got bumper stickers, they got shirts. I've seen shirts since I've been here. I mean, here I'm, I live in Roanoke, it's all over the place. My son goes with a a, a guy who, who gives, uh, and so he gets free tickets, free parking. They go two hours early to have a tailgate party. <laughs> I'm going fishing, but they're going to the ball game, and the reason they're going to the ball game, they're excited about the ball game. And you know something, if they can get excited about all that and paint their bodies and paint their hair and take off their shirts. I mean, I go out to Denver, <laughs> the Broncos, 22 below zero, the, the, the guy, at least there's the guys, they got their shirts off, and they got a body paint, and they uh, got all that get up going on, and they have to act like a bunch of idiots, and everybody thinks it's quite normal. Now, you know, if they're excited about something like that, the redeemed really has something to get excited about. It's all right to be excited in the present. God likes a little excitement. I I mean, God in you. Enthusiasm means God in you. That's what it means. In Theo. Enthusiasm. Now, uh, by Him, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually, the fruit of our lips giving praise to His name. Wow. A continual, constant uh, sacrifice of praise. C.S. Lewis said, praise is boasting about what you enjoy. Praise is boasting about what you enjoy. Uh, my friend Marma Carter, she is um, she's sick. I told you about it. She's got leukemia. She's in the hospital. Uh, nobody gets in her room without getting a, a, a testimony about the goodness of God. Nobody gets out of her room without getting a little report about the goodness. Well, praise is boasting about um, uh, what you enjoy and opening our mouths in thanksgiving and praise. So instead of counting your bruises, try counting your blessings. You ever get around people who love to rehearse every sorry thing that's going on? Are you one of those persons? (laughs) How many here, other than me, can get yourself depressed all by yourself without any assistance from anybody else? So you're rehearsing your hurts, right? The people rip you off. By the way you're going to keep on getting ripped off. (laughs) And even church crooks, that's even more to deal with. But but the point being, don't don't get so hung up on all that. Start counting your blessings. Now, uh, a drop of praise is an unsuitable acknowledgement for an ocean of mercy. You know, when men cease to praise God wholeheartedly, they start praising one another excessively. I go to all kinds of places, they don't know me from Adam, other than the way they read on a website somewhere. And they get up, and if you go to an educational uh, institution, they always love to introduce you as Dr. Vaughn. We're privileged to have Dr. Vaughn sitting here and coming today. And I'm sitting, I'm, not even a, I'm not even a nurse's assistant. And, and, and they're calling me a Dr. Vaughn. And, and, and I'm sitting there, okay. And then they have never met me, but they start saying all kinds of flowery things. I mean, just bragging and saying stuff. And I'm sitting out there thinking, wow, man, I'd love to hear a guy like that too. And, and then if my wife is with me, when they're really pouring it on thick, I'll, I'll elbow her. I'll say, you got it a whole lot better than you think. Listen with this man up here <laughs> saying. So here they are. Excessive praise <laughs> of men. But a brother, I'm telling you, when you have a sufficient praise of God, You're not worried about telling how good the other guy is. (laughs) Now, now listen. Praise is going to be your chief employment in heaven. Praise will be your chief employment in heaven. Uh, The four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their uh, crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy uh, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. That's what's going on. And if praise is going to be your chief employment in heaven, it should be your noblest uh, occupation on earth. Uh, The praise protocol. Now, if you find it difficult to praise God for what's going on, praise him for what's going to be. Good things are in store. I mean, we not even considered or thought about the things that God has provided for them that love him. So you praise God when you feel like it, and then... On other occasions, you praise God until you feel like it. I'm reading a book on heaven by Ian Bounds. Wow. Man. It sounds pretty good. (laughs) I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine an unfallen, unbroken, uh, constant 24-7, or I guess there's no time, so just constant communion in the presence of God. Can you imagine can you imagine what that's going to be like? No hospitals. No no hospitals. Praise God. No, no oncology wards. No cancer treatment centers in glory. That would be great, wouldn't it? What about that? None of that mess. And none of the junk that we're fighting without and within. None of that. I'm telling you, it calls, calls for some praise going on right here. So it's the praise protocol. So if you can't praise God for what's happening, praise him for what's going to be. And uh, if you can't praise God because you feel like it, you just go ahead and praise him until you do feel like it. And I'm just telling you, it'll help you. So let's practice the praise protocol. I like this one, uh, the praise protocol. Stand to your feet. About 60 seconds of uh, verbal praise, giving God thanks. Open your mouth, praise the Lord. Let's, Let's practice the praise protocol and give our Lord praise tonight. Just go ahead and pray. Praise the Lord for his goodness to the children of men. Father, we're just thankful for this instruction on how to approach your holy good name through praise. So, Father, we give you praise tonight. We give you blessing. We give you honor. We give you worship. We give you glory. You're worthy. Uh, Lord, you are worthy to receive all the glory and all the power. So, Father, teach us, O God, to be those who on earth, who imitate what's happening in heaven by praising God night and day. And Lord, sometimes it's a sacrifice to praise because it's not easy, but it's always right. So Father, thank you for your people here. Thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for teaching us. Give us some more instruction on these protocols in Jesus' name. All God's people say it. All right, you can be seated. Number four protocol, what I'm calling the singing protocol. The singing protocol Now read this out loud, come before his presence with, hmm. come before, that's how you enter the presence of God, is through singing. Now the Bible says in Psalm 100, serve the Lord with gladness, come before his presence with singing. Now the word singing here means to shout for joy, let you look it up, it's the voice of triumph, it's celebration, it's rejoicing. Psalm 95, verse 2. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, thanksgiving protocol, and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. The word joyful noise means to split the ears. (laughs) That's what it means, to split the ears, (laughs) a joyful noise, to shout for joy, to sound the alarm of triumph, exuberance. Now, praise is proper response to greatness, Praise is proper response to greatness. And one way to express uh, our our appreciation of God is by singing, joyful singing. Every uh, revival is characterized by heartfelt singing. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing uh, one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Now, singing from your heart to the Lord. That's why, uh, you know, a lot of special music, I think, is for the audience of people. But really, we, we've got an audience of one. And, and, and we're not performing. You know, you can pay 150 bucks to go hear some artist, you know, uh, do his thing. Well, uh, I like some of the music, but uh, really? <laughs> I mean, really? I, I mean, what, who's the audience? The audience is God. So when we're here singing tonight, we're singing to the Lord from our hearts. That's why I like the student prayer advance the last three years. <laughs> uh, man, you get, some, you get some young people in there, buddy, whose hearts are clean. And they're singing at the top of their lungs from the bottom of their hearts. There's something about that kind of atmosphere. I just love this. I'm just telling you, it's just tremendous. I just can't understand it. I I was in a meeting one time, and uh, in front of me was two teenage kids, 15 years old, had their hats on backwards, standing up unashamed, praising God, you know, just right there in the meeting. It's not like that everywhere I go. I'm just telling you, it's not like that everywhere I go. But uh, it's going to be like that in heaven, (laughs) and it'll be more like that down here. I'm just telling you, God has given us three things to refresh our souls. By the way, how many know you get tired? You get tired, man. And you know what God's given us to refresh our souls? Nature. Why do people come up here and go to the mountains over here to advance a gap? <laughs> of course, they eat in that great restaurant. But uh, other than that, what else? Uh, to see these Blue Ridge Mountains, man. I was just looking out here tonight. All these cows stumbling around over here. You know, it's pretty cool. Nature. Then friendship. Thank God for friends. Amen. Boy, I like, I like friends, you know. I like making friends. Friends are great. But the third thing God's given us to refresh us is music. Music. Yeah, it's powerful, isn't it? You know? Think about those tunes you heard back in the 60s. You still, you you, you can't remember the words, and you you like the tune, and then when you listen to the words, you remember why you had to quit listening to them. Because of them, because of them, because of the world. (laughs) But the tunes were pretty cool, Amen? (laughs) But I'm telling you, with God's music, you don't have to worry about none of that. Amen? Now, now, before your devotions every morning, uh, you ought to, like Mueller, try to get your soul happy in God. And one way you can do that is by listening to the stuff that blesses your heart. Now, these guys over here are so talented. Boy, I wish I had some musical ability. <laughs> I can't sing a lick. I can't play nothing. But I, I sure appreciate it. And I know what sounds good. And I know what lifts my heart in the presence of God. How I many you know the different cultures of people like different kinds of music and it's okay? I grew up on fiddles. My uncle was a bluegrass kind of guy, you know, there over there, banjoing and all that stuff. And uh, the people that were out that's, that's what they like. Some people don't like that. Some people like the high organ music, Yeah, thank God you got rid of your organ. And no, uh, I'm just telling you. But that, that, some people like that, and that's okay, amen. Some people like the operatic stuff. You know that yodeling. You know how they do. You, 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 you. you know how they do. If they went to a certain school, they all come out on the same. But, but, and if that floats your boat, praise God. Some people like the old guitar and the old folksy kind of stuff. Amen. Some people like the old hymns. Thank God for the old hymns. But not everything that's been written in the last hundred years is heretical. Go ahead and say amen on that point right there. That's true. That's the truth. So, I mean, you've got to find out what, what it is that lifts your heart, that brings you into the presence of God. I've been listening to that song called The Goodness of God. And um, well, that's doing it for me. Then I got another one, oh, praise the name of Jesus. I'm about to have a spell on that. We're going to do it at the prayer dance next year, brother. I'm telling you, it's going to be a liftoff. But, but go with the stuff that liberates your heart in the presence of God and frees you up. And if you don't have any musical ability, you got a telephone. <laughs> Isolate some of that stuff, save it up, crank it up, and, uh, and come before his presence with what? With singing. So... Uh, It's a a protocol, and and, and singing is praise. It's boasting about the Lord. So, let's stand and sing Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound. Let's let's practice the singing protocol. Uh, Ethan, get us on the right note, brother. Amazing Grace. Think about it now. Think about it. Sing it. Praise God. Praise God with the same tune. Let's sing it. Praise God. Bless him in your heart. Praise God. 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 The singing protocol. Isn't it a blessing we have the privilege to harmonize? Those of us that can sing and the rest of us too can shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. Singing protocol. Got one more. Be seated if you would. This is what I'm calling the faith protocol. The faith protocol. How do you approach God? Well, obviously you have to come to God with faith. Now, without faith it's impossible to please him. He that comes to God must believe that he is and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. Nothing is impossible with God. All things are possible with God. It might be impossible with men, but nothing is impossible with God. Don't limit, don't limit, don't limit God with your past experience. Don't limit God with your current understanding. Now, look, brethren, I'm not interested whatsoever in something unbiblical and, and, and strange fire. I'm not interested one iota. But I'm just telling you, I'm interested, extremely interested in manifestations of holy fire. And I believe it's time for us to start believing God. Now, if you're going to pray, you better be praying in faith, because if it's not of faith, it is sin. Most prayers prayed are sinful. They're sinful. They ain't an ounce of faith in them. God's greatest pleasure is to be believed. God's greatest pleasure is to be believed. God's greatest grief is to be doubted. And I'm telling you, when we come to God, if it's worth praying about, it's worth believing about. It's the faith protocol. Uh, F.B. Meyer said, faith makes giants look like grasshoppers. Faith makes giants look like grasshoppers, but unbelief makes grasshoppers look like giants. And I'm telling you, nothing's impossible with God. Now, brother and sister, it's the faith protocol. You can't approach God apart from faith. It's the only doorway for God to enter the human heart. Now, unbelief always considers it too soon for God to work or too late for God to work. Well, it's the last days, pastor. It's over. We're just hanging on. We're not going to polish the brass on a sinking ship. And like one guy went to Bible college and the professor said, now, we're in the last days. And, uh, you know, not much is going to happen. And about the best you can hope for is to have four or five people saved a year. That wasn't a United Methodist seminary. That wasn't a liberal Presbyterian. That wasn't an Episcopalian. That wasn't a church of England. That was a Baptist school. God help us. And I'm just here to tell you this unbelief. We're limiting God with our unbelief. Believe big. Dare to believe big. Why not? We'll walk around with question marks when we all have some exclamation points in our prayers. So let's let's, let's have uh, the faith protocol. Now, a man's extremity is God's opportunity, and the sphere in which God does his greatest work is the sphere in which no one but God can work. You know what Jesus said? He said, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. That what? The Father might be glorified. Jesus said, you ask stuff in my name, my nature, my authority, I'm going to do it. Why? That the Father would get the credit. So every time I pray for a sick person, I say, now, Lord, we're asking this in Jesus' name, but not only is this sick person going to get benefit, and their family, and their friends, in the church, but you're going to get credit. And i tell you what, that puts God, God's got skin in the game. I don't want to mean talk disrespectful, but are you with me on this? That 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 God stands to get credit out of this, and 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 brother, when God does something for you, you ought to just boast about it. You ought to just uh, just speak up about it and let the redeemed of God say so. And that's why you got these wonderful uh, prayers that you've been putting in the box over here, and then then you got answers coming. We heard a pile of them here the uh, one service. Well, Amen. So so it, it's 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 the faith protocol. Now, you know, when you hear about God doing something somewhere else, doesn't that inspire you to believe God to do something here? When you hear about God doing something in somebody else's life, doesn't that encourage you? God did it for them. He's no respecter of persons. He'd probably do the same thing for me. So when you hear a testimony of God's blessing on somebody else, take it personal. Hey, Lord, I'm down here too. Thank you for blessing this person. Now, Lord, I could use a dose of that, you know, if you're a candidate, and 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 I'm just telling you, God loves with uh, with a great love the man who has a a, in his heart a passion for the impossible. Now, faith protocol, the faith protocol. Now, what do you need? Well, you can't please God without faith. So, ask in faith, believe, thank God in advance. We're in a prayer summit. In Danville, Illinois, pastor took us to Champaign, Illinois, to the Biagi's restaurant. Now, I'm sure you have a wonderful Italian restaurant here, but I'm just here to tell you, this Biagi's is like a world-class Italian restaurant. Tremendous. So, we're over there having a big time at Biagi's in the middle of a prayer summit, Saturday afternoon. Well, <clears throat> we're sitting there at the table, and, and while we're snacking, the pastor begins to give us his uh, testimony about his kidney stone attack. How many of you know some things are not appropriate to talk about at the dinner table? Amen. <laughs> and the marinara saw This is really not a good thing. I've been I, I hearing you telling us. Oh, brother. So he told us all this. <laughs> and then we walk outside the door. And I, I'm not making this up. Immediately when we got outside, he doubled over in writhing pain. My wife and his wife were already at the car. Well, I managed to help him, and we got to the car. And, well, the pastor, he's standing back, Brother Paul, he's standing back there in, 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 in agony and in pain. And my wife looks back and says, I think the pastor is sick. And his wife didn't even look back. And she said, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. Don't be like that. Just because you're tough, your husband's a wimp, all right? And, and he needs some sympathy, and he needs some sympathy. I'm just telling. I'll take that into consideration. And by the way, uh, we have short attention spans, so have a little grace on us, amen. That's, but anyhow, so I well, got him in the passenger seat. I got, <laughs> couple's advance, we're going into it. But um, uh, anyhow, uh, I got him behind the wheel, sped over the hospital where he had his other kidney stone uh, procedure so we checked him in and the doctor said it'll be at least 48 hours we're sure to get all this sorted out before he's fit to be back and so on and so forth and so we checked him in the hospital went off to church so prayer summit we're having a prayer summit so I got on and said to people I said well pastors had a kidney stone attack the hospital says he'll not be here for a couple of days but I think we ought to pray the prayer of faith. How many of you think we ought to pray the prayer of faith that he would pass these kidney stones get healed up, sort it out and be here in the morning? They all said, Amen. So we prayed the prayer of faith. Asked God that he'd sort the whole thing out, fix it. Miracle, medical, we don't care, just fix it. Well, at one o'clock in the morning, he was done. Everything was clear. They discharged him. He shows up the next morning. Didn't look like he'd been in the hospital, all decked out, you know, necktie and everything. And uh, and uh, nothing's impossible with God. So now, look: if, if you have chronic illness or terminal, you, you, even in those cases, uh, should not prevent us from praying big prayers in future cases. If, okay, if I just say it like this: you ain't got nothing to lose; you got everything to gain. And sick people don't need to hear your doubts. Sick people don't need to hear. Your unbelief. Sick people don't need to hear your rationalism, skepticism. They don't need to hear all that. What they need to hear is somebody that's believing God that they're going to be better. That's what they need to hear. I've been on both sides of the prayer of faith. <laughs> I probably tell you this one, but I called for the prayer of faith when I found out I was sick. <laughs> well, well, ever you know, how many know fundamental churches get nervous? Oh. Oh. Is that in the New Testament? Yes, it's in the King James version. <laughs> Is that for today? Yeah. So, what it normally happens, yes. Pastor, whoever's leading it, you know, he he gets super spiritual with his voice tone. Well, brethren, very sober, very serious. Well, brethren, we all know there's nothing miraculous about this oil. Brethren, we know there's nothing medicinal about the oil. As a matter of fact, it's safflower oil. And then he will proceed. Now, this doesn't always happen, but often it does we'll spend with about 12 minutes worth of disclaimers stripping the faith out of the two or three that was believing. Stripping the faith out of them. To where at the end, uh, and, and they pray stuff like this, Lord, we know you can do all things. That is not the prayer of faith. Knowing God can do stuff is not the prayer of faith. You say, well, we don't know the mind of God on everything. Well, without faith, you can't please God, so why not just go ahead and believe God anyhow? And I called my friend Ralph Sadura when I got sick. I said, Ralph, how are you supposed to pray for sick people? Man, how are you supposed to pray for sick people? Because I didn't know. He said, Harold, when you pray for sick people, you always pray in faith believing. Whenever you pray for sick people, you always pray in faith believing. And that way, if God chooses not to heal, at least it wasn't your unbelief that missed the miracle. Now I can live with this. I'm going, I'm going with this. I'm just going with this, brother. And I'm telling you what, how that blesses the hearts of the people who are there. And they're full of doubt and they don't know what's going on and they're probably scared. And, and they, they're, they're confused and buffaloed and perplexed and sick. And you know what they need to hear? They need to hear somebody that believes there's a God in heaven who's called Jehovah Rapha, who's God our healer, who forgives all our iniquities and who can heal all our diseases. That's what they need to hear, something like that. And I say, let's just go for it. Why, why not? And I could tell you instance after instance of situations where people pray the prayer. and, and God, you know. Now, here's my point right here. Not only for the prayer of healing, but whatever you're praying for. It's the prayer of faith, right? It's the faith protocol. If we're going to come to God and please God, we've got to believe that he exists and that he rewards. He answers our prayers. So we've got, to, we've, got to, we've, got to, we've got to exercise our faith uh, to get it like Peter to get out of the boat and get on the water <laughs> and quit speculating about it and thinking about it and studying about it for 55 years. Uh, just, just go ahead and, and believe God. Now, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Joseph Aline the Puritan said, God usually answers us according to our expectations. My wife and I were down the street here in check back when Warren Brown at Faith Baptist, they were trying to rebuild their building, and boy, did it need some help. When we got there, they had no sheetrock on the walls, but they had open insulation. Where else other than Floyd County in West Virginia could you get away with something like that? (laughs) Sucking in that fiberglass? No wonder I have problems. But uh, anyhow, so Warren, uh, he came to a prayer advance one year, and uh, he got up in the pulpit the next morning. He said, I'm asking God to send in the funds for the heating and the air conditioning uh, from outside our congregation. Just got up and said that. <laughs> Felt possessed to say that. He said, so some of you could write a check, but he said, I don't want you to write a check. He said, I want God to write the check, and I'm asking God to send the check in uh, for the entire amount uh, for the HVAC from outside the church. Well, they come back to church that night with a check in his pocket from somebody outside the church for the entire amount, Amen. faith pleases God. I'm, I'm just telling you, faith honors God and God honors faith. Now look, when you walk with the Lord, you know when to believe, okay? And, and you know, you need to ask God to lead you in, in ministering to people. Can I tell you something, when people are sick and in the hospital, it wouldn't hurt to drop them not only a prayer and a text and a visit and a call, but drop them a hundred bucks or more. So into people, so by faith. Just, just, just the faith protocol. Listen to your heart and God's leadership in your life. <laughs> you know. <laughs> You know, sometimes I go to a restaurant and ask the waitress, I said, what's the biggest tip you ever got? We said one the other day. I said to the lady, I said, what's the biggest tip you ever got? She said, 20 bucks, but not in this dump. (laughs) I said said, said to my wife, I said, hey, I'll tell you what, let's give her the biggest tip she's ever got, 20 bucks and 10 cents. (laughs) I know a waitress. She got a $1,000 tip. Now, I ain't into the, th- I, I, my faith is not at the, I'm, I'm, I'm still at the $20 level, all right? <laughs> but, but what I'm saying is this. You know, you know, when people are in need, if you see they have a need, don't say depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding you don't give them those things that are needful to the body. But brother, just, just by faith, sow in pe- Are you with me on this right here? The faith protocol. It's not only in prayer, it's in all areas of life, you know. And, and I'm telling you, you can bless the, the heart of people. You bless the heart of God. You know when you're in a restaurant, somebody's sitting over there looking like <laughs> they've been going through a rough stretch. Maybe they're of another race. Some little old grandma over there or some grungy looking street kind of guy. Be all right every now and then just by faith. A little faith here. <laughs> Call the waitress over. Hey, see this person over here. I would like to pay their ticket. And then I want you to tell them a friend took care of this for them. Don't tell them who did it. Just tell them a friend took care of it. How many know there's a lot of people who nobody ever shows them any favor? And nobody never showed them no favor, only disdain. I done made up my mind, buddy. If I can show some favor, I'm gonna do it by the grace of God. (laughs) And you know what? You know what? When you do something like that, don't tip like you're from a Baptist church. So you're not, you need to tip for you and tip for them. Amen? By the way, how many know that some of these people working in these places are having a rough go? So you could say, hey, we're going we're gonna to pray here in just a second. This ain't got nothing to do with the message, but this is good. Uh, uh, we're going to pray here in just a second, and we... We'd like to pray for you. Do you have anything special you'd like for us to pray for you about? We've had them say stuff like, well, yeah, my boyfriend just got out of prison and we're having a rough go here. And <laughs> I was with pastor one time. He set up a Bible study off a prayer request. And, and I heard about a guy one time that the service was awful, the waitress was rude, the food was incredibly bad. He, left, he, left a, he didn't eat it, but he left a huge tip. And the waitress comes running out, weeping with tears and said, I was so mean to you, and the service was awful. Why did you leave this? The pastor said, well, I figured you was having a rough day, and I just wanted to be a blessing to you, and her to the Lord right on the spot. What about stuff like that? What about stuff like that? I'm just, faith protocol, man. Expect stuff. Expect opportunities, you know? bless the po- Let, Let's bless somebody, amen? Why, why, why we got the power to do it? I told my wife, I said, we ain't broke. We got more than we need. Let's, let's, let's focus on trying to bless somebody. Let's try, focus on trying to help somebody. Let's find somebody. You ain't got to look far and find somebody in need. You just go over and slip them something. They call you back and say, man, I just want to thank you. Boy, that really met a need in our life. And boy, they're profoundly grateful. And you know, didn't you know, skin off your teeth in the first place. <laughs> so, brother, the faith protocol. You know what I think? I think we ought to sow in expectation. That's what I think. So our prayers and expectation. By the way, prayer is a seed on the heart of God. That's what it is. It's seed on the heart. It's sowing. Sowing by faith. Sowing by faith. Where are point now. I was at Starbucks the other day. Walked up to the window. The lady said, the person in front of you paid for your coffee. Can I order more? Uh, I didn't say. But what I'm telling you is, you throw your seed on the water, you throw your bread on the water, and it's coming back. Are y'all with me on that? I just happen to believe this, Randy. Right and I know that te- them television boys that want you to get a thousandfold. Yeah, why don't you sow the seed in a widow somewhere <laughs> instead of that dude in his jet? Amen. <laughs> what a what a what a clown. But 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 I do believe there's a principle for sowing and reaping, and 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 I believe that faith is the way we reap from God. I believe that. So we sow in faith, man. We're expecting a harvest we're expecting blessing man we're when you go out witnessing you got y'all went to Alabama and witnessed all these people when well, you had three people uh, profess faith is that correct well we're sowing in faith so when you go out here this week and get to talk to people we're sowing in faith right we're expecting a, a harvest we're not responsible for the harvest we are responsible for the sowing of the seed so, so faith, it's the faith protocol. So, as we give, as we pray, we're expecting uh, things to happen. So, one more. My wife and I, we have five grandchildren. Our second daughter, granddaughter, uh, or our, our our daughter-in-law was pregnant with their, their second child, and they, she went to the doctor and says, uh, the doctor says, well, there's a sack in there, but there's no baby in it. And, uh, they said, well, it's Friday, so let's just go home, sleep on it, come back Monday, we'll take, the, take care of it, you know, whatever that thing is, the DNC and all that stuff. I don't know what that is. I don't want to know. But uh, anyhow, uh, they come back in on Monday, and they said, now, let's just um, take another ultrasound one more time. And, uh, and this time, they found a baby. And the doctor said to the head nurse, you just misread it last week. And the nurse rebuked the doctor and she said, I've been doing this for 30 years. Doctor, I'm telling you on Friday, there wasn't any baby in there, but there's a baby in there now. But you know what happened when we heard about that case, my wife and I run right over the house. We prayed the prayer. We laid hands on her, prayed the prayer of faith. And you know, what we got out of that deal. Our granddaughter called hope. Yeah. Hope. <laughs> I like that. Hope. <laughs> so hope and faith. Amen. So, it's the faith protocol. So, tonight, uh, we all have some things that we really need for God to come through on that, that's beyond us, and, and, and we can't pull it off, but nothing's too hard for God. So, let's have a little prayer of faith tonight. So, again, huddle up with one other person, or two or three at the most, and just, uh, let's just believe God to meet that particular need in your life. Maybe it's impossible, humanly speaking, or not probable, or not likely, but... Uh, but nothing's too hard for God. So let's just believe God. Amen. Let's just believe God uh, for whatever our burden happens to be. You know, your church is in a perfect place right here. You know, I mean, you know, y'all got a good thing going here. Got a good spirit here. Got a good ministry going here. You know what? Just a little a, 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 a supernatural touch of God could bring in a harvest like we've never even thought about. Are y'all with me on this right here? Now, thank God for all the good stuff that's happening and has happened. But, brother, let's believe God for bigger and better blessings uh, in the future. Amen? And according to your faith.